It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. All right, hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock. Remember, Ducks, UC Irvine on the fan later today. Around a 640 tip, likely a little bit later, though, depending on when the first game ends in San Jose. Still to come this hour, we have hated or love it at 1030. We also want to dive a little bit into what's making Damian Lillard take this next step without CJ McCollum. But first, I want to begin with the Robert Kraft news from today, or I guess yesterday now at this point. But Robert Kraft has been silent through this whole solicitation of prostitution thing. His lawyers have come out and said he was not guilty and so on and so forth. But he did come out and he had a statement an apology statement today where he doesn't necessarily admit to doing anything wrong, but he apologizes for hurting his family and his coworkers and the fans and people who hold him to a higher standard. To me, that's basically like an admission of guilt without the admission of guilt. Cause he pled not guilty. So he can't really, I guess, admit guilt at this point because mm-hmm. he still has a court date set. But to me, this is, Finally, the first right thing Robert Kraft has done in this situation, coming out and saying something about this. It's been a, it's this has been a wild and wacky thing that's been going on with this with this investigation. I don't really know where we go from here. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the court date. I'm not sure if the video is ever going to get released, but it's just this situation is just so weird. I, I've, I've never seen anything like this before in sports, at least. So as a, as a Pats fan, I, I'm kind of like. Of course, I still you know love my team and everything, but there's, there's always shrouded in some some weird stuff. Like it's it's you know it's it's hard to defend all the time, you know. But I can't. I'm 35. I can't pick a new team now. It just kind of is what it is. You I'm can kinda, do whatever you want. I can, but this that's called bandwagon. Like I don't want to. And if I pick a new team, they have to suck right now. I'm like I don't. That's hard to watch. You know, bad football. So. Like my, my don't new people team. already claim you're a bandwagon fan? Huh? Don't people claim you're a bandwagon yeah, fan? Yeah, but they don't they don't know ish anyway, so forget <laughs> that. But for me, this is like kind of too little, too late. 
Like, and like you said, now you look guilty. You could have said something four weeks ago, you know, five weeks ago, whenever the story first broke. And even if you, if it's not an admission of innocence or guilt or whatever the case is, you could have said this exact same um, statement then, and at least you would have said something. Now we're coming to a point to where we're hearing that there's video that might be released. Well, there's definitely video. There's there, there yeah, there, there, there's video, but might be released, and they're, they're talking about, well, you can, you know, we'll go ahead and say you're innocent, but you have to, or we'll let you get away with it, but you have to say that you're guilty or tell everybody you're guilty, but you won't do any jail time. Like these things are the things that are starting to kind of come out. So this apology, quote unquote apology, it, it sounds, it sounds fake. It, it just, it none, none of it sounds well, like. Here. genuine at this point like and i mind you i don't know how genuine would it sounded when it first happened but at least you would have said something maybe when it first happened you know you go, it, it, well it, that's just the bs generic yeah, apology at, at least you say something you know but for to wait this long it seems like you went ahead and made this you know the, this this nice perfectly worded apology and it just it just seems forced at this point the the thing about this that is the strangest to me is you get this big prostitution bust, right? And that sounded bad, but you know what I mean. Police bust. And I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says human oh, trafficking. Classic McGruber. They say these were women that were held there against their will. They weren't allowed to leave. They had to work like 90-hour weeks and so on and so forth. And you read all these horrific things. And it, I think they got to eight or ten different massage parlors, quote-unquote that were in that Jupiter, Florida area. Now they're saying that I'm not sure if it's all of them or at least the one that Robert Kraft was caught at, the Orchids of Asia spa, had no trafficking whatsoever. It was just a a rub-and-tug place. Yeah, it was a tuggeroo, it was, you it know? It was an like... R&T. And it was a place that, although I guess that's frowned upon, I'm not sure if it's, is that illegal? I don't, I don't. I Look, think I'm it still gonna, constitutes as, as prostitution. So yeah, I guess then you it's know. Illegal, so but uh, yeah, it's, I don't it's, know. Look, I do, do not blast me. I don't know. I just don't. I I don't know what that would be considered. But it was not trafficking, which is what they were trying to get. Right? It was all people who were doing it on their own free will, who wanted to add that on, make extra money, whatever. So he didn't. He wasn't involved, or maybe all of them weren't involved with the sex trafficking side of it, the human trafficking side of it. So does then that just kind of throw this all out because that's like, what they're they're calling it? Like trafficking is one of those words. It's just a it's a it's a red button. Like it's a it's a it's a, like it's it evokes a lot of emotion because prostitution trafficking. You know what I'm saying? Or being somebody being forced into prostitution, like that's a big deal. Yeah. And like I understand. Like the one thing people are saying is, well, the the employees there had IDs. Man, cool. All the chicks that were with R. Kelly have IDs. Like it's okay. You can still be trafficked, just the same. You can still be held, you know, uh, against your will, just the same, even though you have an ID. So I, I didn't really understand some of this. The whole story is just kind of. I, I still. I, I felt I, like it was like an open and shut case, and now I'm very, very lost I'm, I'm, as to where it went. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm not exactly sure what's happening anymore. Either way, I just feel like Robert Kraft could have said something much sooner. And it's so crazy. Like as a Pats fan, I'll even acknowledge this, man. This this team is Teflon. Like it's it's really really crazy. You would think this would be every as much people hate the Patriots as much as everybody you know every 
fan base for the most part roots against the Patriots. You would think this would be everywhere as far as, man, digging deeper and deeper. And so far, I haven't heard anything else. And what's what's weird about this is I agree. If if Robert Kraft comes out earlier, tries to get in front of this, um, prostitution in itself – Big deal, all right, right, and it, it, it's not a victimless crime, but I, I mean, two consenting adults, right? As far as I understand, at this point, the human trafficking element is virtually dead in this in this case. So, I, I mean, it, if that's the case, though, if that's actually true, it's mind blowing to me that the the prosecutors would go this far with it. Yes, if they didn't have a surefire human trafficking thing. yeah no th- this is all very bizarre uh specifically because you do have you know so, j- just the owner of the rub and tug very high profile person been to the white house Man, hangs out with donald trump jupiter like, florida is like one of the richest places in the in the country yeah. like so that's the one thing we forget we hear the name and you're like man I, when i first heard it it's like where the hell is that and I had to kind of look it up and was like, oh, everybody has a spot there. Like, yeah, this is where big, the rich people go to chill. It's a big golf and yeah. like, politics place where they live in the in the winter. So it's just weird that there's just a rub and tug place at the <laughs> – Really? Right? In a so, strip like, mall? And- in a strip mall? Like, where? Next to the – next to like the home depot or something like it's so strange honestly down, down the street from the outback steakhouse you That's could come weird. out and make robert, an onion. <laughs> you could have made robert Kraft look like the victim here he's a lonely 70 something year old man who's just you know his wife's dead yeah like you really could have made him come out teflon new england patriot way except you you waited so long now there's just all of this out there and it's it's a it's a big <laughs> they made a bigger deal about the uh about deflate gate than they've made about this isn't that crazy? Like, they talked more for months. That went to trial. The Flakegate went to trial, and Robert Kraft is going to get away with this. That's the craziest thing in the world. But I guess that's the question. When you say get away with it, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if, he, if, he did do it, if he did do something wrong, then he's probably getting away with it. But, I mean, otherwise, he's just got an old rub and tug, and he got caught. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Be, be more careful next time. This is worse than, like, him having to, to pay a fine for prostitution or something like that, having his name out there in the media yeah, like getting this. Getting drugged Th- through the mud. This yeah. is one and, of the worst things that could happen to this guy. Don't you own Kraft Foods or no. something like that? What, what, what's, what, what's the Kraft Robert, for? Robert Kraft is not Kraft Foods. I've looked this up before. It's like an investment firm or something. But. So either way, you're rich enough to have some young chickadee on your arm without having to go to this place and she'll do it for free if you get her hair and nails did and maybe pay her little rent or her you know what I'm saying her student loans or whatever the case is man she'll take care of it for you like this is weird that professional athletes or even people with an uh, an x amount of money have to have to do that and maybe it's just cuz you know I grew up good looking and don't have to do that but it's just weird that people that that's a thing lynch yeah you too look at you jesse you're a good looking dude you mean you probably never had to pay for it well no no, i i I don't get that like i it's it's like i i told my mom i was like what's bizarre to me is like he could literally just probably roll up to a bar pull out the blacks black amex card and he's rolling out with whoever he wants you said the first part he pulled up to the bar that's enough (laughs) he got out of that fandom or whatever the case is and everybody's gonna flock he could hand pick an escort in Las Vegas and have her flown to him wherever he is. He could go to Vegas if he wants. And yet he chose this. Yes, but he doesn't even need an escort is what I'm getting at. Like, well, he so can literally his, just roll out, if that's pull out his the persuasion, Amex. Though, if this is his persuasion, there are way better ways to get this done than that. But yeah, the $100 rub and tug. Like, I digress. <laughs> 
Uh, he is a he is the CEO of Craft Group, a diversified Craft holding Group. company with assets in paper and packaging, sports and entertainment, real estate, and private equity portfolio. So he's got the money. So he's like a hedge fund dude. So basically. he's got the money to go ahead and just pull one of the ladies from one of those Boston clubs, or I'm pretty sure one of the, if they're in Jupiter, then they probably have some pretty good clubs that you can go there. <laughs> oh, this text that just came in. Kraft getting the R&T is like us getting fast food. We can't eat filet mignon every night. Hey. <laughs> Anthony, you know, thank you. That's I get a great it. Text. I that's, love that. That's, that's, that's very good. But still, we can't. I'm, yeah, I'm still. I, I I think he wouldn't have to 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 pay for the old the old tuggeroo. <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable when you say that. I'm just saying. All right, thank you for the text on this. Better eat today. Text line five five three zero five. When we come up uh, next after the break here, Damian Lillard without CJ McCollum. Better Damian Lillard. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So CJ has now missed a couple of games since he went down with the Popletus. Popletius? Pop, 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 Probably for the rest of the regular season. That's what Damian Lillard said. Last week we had the show. We didn't know what the injury was yet. We were just guessing. Uh, it's going to be basically three to six weeks recovery from what we've seen, which is basically the entire regular season on the short end of that. And Damian Lillard said as much. We're preparing for him not to be back until the playoffs because they don't even want him to aggravate it if he comes back too soon. So CJ is basically out for the rest of the regular season. If not, maybe even the beginning of the first round of the playoffs. We're not sure yet. But since that injury, Damian Lillard has been on a mission to will this team to continue winning. Because CJ, to be fair, was a very big reason the last month why they were playing so well. He was in fuego in a lot of those games. He just wasn't missing his shots. He had a couple bad games here and there. Uh, the I think it was the Toronto game. He wasn't super great. Uh, or maybe it was the Thunder game where, yeah, the overtime Thunder game. He was not super great in that one. but He wasn't super great in the overtime, but yes. he was awesome in that game. Um, yeah, he missed a couple of bad shots. But since the injury, win over Indiana, 106-98. Win over Dallas, 126-118. And a nice little comeback win against Detroit last night. All home games, to be fair. But Lillard has been somehow better. And that's even with, in some of the first quarters, he just defers. He's just the facilitator. He passes the ball. He gets his teammates involved in the game. But even with that, he's still dominating when it matters the most. Last night, it was the four-point play where at the very end of the game, he got the foul after he got fouled after hitting that three. He made the four-point play. It was a huge difference. Last night, he went for 28 points, had nine assists. The game before against the Mavericks, he had... What, 15 uh, 33 assists? points, 12 assists, two steals, five rebounds against the Pacers. He also went for 30 and 15 in that one. Somehow he's gotten better without CJ, but it's not in the way you would think, right? I think when I saw CJ got hurt, I imagined scorched earth, Damian Lillard, isolation ball, 50 point games, 
Blazers being carried by him. But what I'm seeing is a better team player who's still going off points-wise, but now is better on the facilitator end as well. He's getting more assists than he has on average. He's getting his teammates involved more than he normally does. And you're seeing bigger impact games from guys like Seth Curry or Aminu last night had a good game. Obviously, Nurkic is still playing well. Rodney Hood's had a couple of decent games. Even, hell, even Jake Lehman, who's been shooting the ball really poorly, is finally getting involved a little bit. It's He's somehow better, and I did not expect it to be in this way. Uh, I don't want to say he's necessarily better. Uh, he's he's playing much better now, but I think what the what it is is he knows he has to pick up slack that maybe other people won't be able to do. So he's passing the ball a lot more, and he's showing his vision as a point guard. This is almost his third straight game where he's had double a double-double as far as scoring over 28 points and having at least 10 assists. You know, he had 11 assists the night before. He had nine uh, against the Pistons. So you're looking at somebody who's trying to get his teammates involved, and you can tell it's working out. Man, uh, Seth Curry has had a couple of really good games. Uh, Rodney Hood had a good game, like you mentioned, in between there. Aminu uh, scored six in the, the game against, I want, I want to say it was, uh, wasn't somebody, but he had 16, and then he had came through uh, the other night with 22 against Detroit. So he's at least had a couple of really good games in between there. It's become more of a team effort. I think people know they have to pick up the slack with CJ being gone. It's hard to really replace 22 points a game. Like, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA. There might be 20 guys in the league that average 20, and CJ is one of them. So you don't just get guys to come off the bench or just enter the starting lineup and just, okay, I'll just pick up this 20 points for you. So it's been Damian Lillard making sure he gets everybody involved, making sure he puts Aminu in good spots to score the ball, making sure he gets uh, Seth Curry open opportunities to get shots, making sure he's not being shy or, or timid about still taking his own shots. So he's still being incredibly aggressive trying to score the ball, but he's also got his eyes up at this point, which is something we're not used to seeing from Dame, having his eyes up, looking to kind of distribute the ball like a Chris Paul would be doing. One of the biggest negatives about this Blazer team when they play poorly is that they don't pass, right? You have a lot of isolation plays for Lillard and for CJ, and the rest of the guys are standing around. Sometimes that's fine because, A, you're playing a team that's not great, or B, your shooters are just cold that day or not very good in, in the case of some of them. But I think what I've seen when CJ got hurt and it's and it's it's been happening more since his injury is, like I mentioned, early in the game, Lillard's making sure his teammates get confident. He's feeding the guy the ball no matter what. Lehman was cold, but guess what? Still giving him shots. He's got to get his shots down at some point, right? Aminu needs to get into a good rhythm of shooting the ball to kind of feel confident. You, you can see that just on the floor. He, hell, yesterday he actually dribbled effectively and drove the ball and didn't turn it over and got some buckets and got some and ones because he was hitting shots earlier in the game because Damian Lillard was giving him a chance to hit those shots. I think it – I don't know if that changes when CJ comes back and it goes back to a little bit more of the CJ and Dame show, but – in a playoff series, when you're playing the same team every single game and you learn tendencies and they learn your tendencies and you need to rely on your third and fourth and fifth options to win those games, getting their confidence up like this now at this point in the season with, what, 10 games to go is huge. And it's it's great for them to win these games without CJ now, but I also think it's great for them in the future to give them that confidence to win in a playoff series too. No, absolutely. And I think it's also important to realize how special of a player Damian Lillard is. Like, 
this is a dude that should be in the MVP conversation. Why he's not is absolutely crazy to me. You look at these other teams that are competing in the Western Conference, and again, the Blazers were not supposed to be one of these teams that are in the top four. Where do they currently stand right now? Fourth place in the Western Conference, yet again. So why is his name not in that conversation? It, it baffles me, you know, because you take him away from this team. If the roles were reversed and it was CJ that is, was still healthy and I'm knocking on wood and let's say Dame that had to go down for a few games, this Blazers team was, still wouldn't be in fourth place. Like, this guy is that important to, to this franchise and what he's been able to do. I'm looking right now on ESPN. They have this the, the little stats thing. Like, when you pull up a player's stats, they have this cool little extra stuff. But they have a career, uh, career projections part. And they say the performance to the 10 most comparable players to Damian Lillard are Ray Allen from 2004, Chauncey Billups from 2005, Kobe Bryant 2007, uh, Stephon Marbury 2006, uh, Darren Williams, 2013, Vince Carter, 2006, Mike Bibby, 07, and so Jerry Stackhouse. So that's this year specifically? Yes. Like those, and mind you, uh, Ray Allen in 2004 was uh, still one of the NBA's premier players playing for uh, right. playing for Seattle. You know, Kobe at that point. Kobe 2007, maybe at the end of it. Kobe, Kobe 2007 was the, the Kobe that went to the finals the first time against the, uh, against the Celtics and ended up losing, you know, right there. So... That's great company, 100%. Right now, I found on NBA.com, they have a thing called Race to the MVP Ladder, and they update it every week. Number one, James Harden. Number two, Giannis. Number three, Steph Curry. Number four, Joel Embiid. Number five, Paul George. He's fallen a bit because the Thunder have been losing a lot. Number six, Nikola Jokic. Number seven, Kevin Durant. Number eight, Damian Lillard. I mean, he's in the conversation. It's just not among the top five. Is and you're saying he should be among the top five for what he's done with this Blazers. Absolutely, he should be in the in the top five for what he's been able to do for this team. He's the one that's been able to keep them afloat. Forty five wins for the Blazers. Uh, the Sixers, you know, they they've been they've been good, but the Sixers have a squad. You take Joel Embiid off their team, they're still going to be able to win some games because they have that much of a talented team. Jimmy buckets is over there. Ben Simmons is over there. Man, yes. Uh, Milwaukee, you still have, man, two All-Stars there. Man, Chris Middleton can get buckets. We forget all about Eric Bledsoe, who plays for them, and he's damn good for the Bucks. They have a better team who? than the Blazers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I'm, get it. I'm kidding. I get it. But, man, the Houston Rockets, again, another All-Star, and then a, a whole bunch of guys that can shoot around them. Like, all those teams, man, the Blazers aren't better than any of those guys as far as their roster is concerned. Damian Lillard is the reason that they've been this competitive. So for him to be – Eighth on, th on that list, like, I get it. But, man, most valuable means you take this player away, that team isn't as good. Man, you take Damian Lillard away, all those other teams will be able to be just fine. Not just fine, but they'll still be really competitive without their star. You take Steph away from the Warriors, the Warriors are probably still going to win 50 games. Is it going to look the same? No, but they still have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Boogie. They're still going to be able to make it happen. That's not the case for the Blazers. So Dame needs way more respect. But because he's here in the Northwest, he's never going to get that. That's unfortunate. It, it It's unfortunate because he's he's having the probably the best season of his career because you're, you're looking at a player that every single year has gotten better, has improved some facet of his game, which you don't see out of all-stars all the time. And the fact that he has been in that top five MVP conversation in the past and he's not this year, that's part of the frustrating part is that best season of his career. It's obvious. It's getting better, improving every year. Prime. 
not getting the accolades that he's gotten before. And it's like, it, it's almost to me as though the rest of the country's being like, well, well, we've seen this before. It's we've well, seen this team before. And it, yeah, they, they get the three seed, four seed, five seed, six seed or whatever. And then they get swept in the first well, round. That's what I think might be part of it too, is there's this thought that, well, it's good regular season, but he's not that good in the postseason. One bad series really did affect this team in terms of the, the image, the national image of the team for sure. I think the thing that and you mentioned to Jesse and I love the most about Lillard is every year, new season, he comes back with something else that he's improved on this year. He's actually, I'm not going to say good quite yet, but he's actually a competent defender. Remember when he, we ripped him for his defense. He was awful on the defensive side of the ball for the first couple of years of his career. He's been very clearly working on it and he's actually to the point now where defensively he's, he's good on the court. You, you can trust him to play good defense. You can't say the same thing about CJ McCollum. The other thing is he splits double teams now. Last year, what was the big thing? He got trapped in the playoff series. Double teams, couldn't get it out. Every single team this year has tried that. Every single team has failed. He splits it. Nurkic has gotten better, so he now has a better pick-and-roll partner to pass the ball to. He's getting more creative with his passes, or he's just – He's found so many ways to get around those double teams that teams have to stop. If you read Jason Quick's article after the Pelicans game, he went and asked Elvin Gentry, what have you seen this year that was different than last year? Because Gentry was the one who came up with the game plan to double team Lillard. He goes, we tried it again this game. And within the first five, six minutes, we realized it wasn't going to work like, because he just does everything possible to get away from it. His work ethic is crazy. I know we have to break, but name a player, not name Giannis, who's gotten better every single year. Outside of Damian, name me another star in this league that's gotten better every single Maybe. year. Like I, I can think of Giannis, I guess Embiid, because you had to wait so long. Maybe James Harden. Can I give a little love to Harden? You can give love to sure. Harden, but Harden was one of those guys that you knew he was cold when he played for OKC. Like right, I mean, you didn't know. I don't, I don't think anybody knew he was twenty-seven a game cold, but everybody knew that he was going to be able to put up twenty-two. No, problem. but he still has improved his game. You know, and that, that's what's frustrating to me. Bringing it back to our roster is CJ the fact that you you've seen all um it's like have we seen the ceiling of CJ because it's it's fine but I, yeah I think you're right but that's that's what's frustrating is why isn't CJ looking at the guy that's right next to him on the court and going man this guy is considered one of the best in the NBA and yet every year comes back with a little bit more to his game why isn't CJ doing that I think what you're seeing CJ does improve every year shooting he has he has different spots in the floor he's better from he has different little moves he's really been good with the floater this year he does he does improve in that aspect but it's all very singularly on his best skill which is shooting the basketball which he's very good at and that's what's frustrating about uh, about that is that i think blazer fans going yeah you're a great shooter we know that stop like stop singularly focusing on that aspect of your game and make yourself a well-rounded player because I when when Dame came in the league, that's kind of what he was. He wasn't a great distributor. He 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 didn't play defense. He, he couldn't, couldn't split. He couldn't finish around the rim. He, he couldn't do any of these things. He could shoot threes really well. Every year he's improved. CJ, that's what you need to do. Not improve your scoring. You do that in spades. You need to improve your game. I agree, hundred percent. And I think we. We have to really, really appreciate it more than we even do in this in this area. What we get to watch every 
not every night, but every game with Damian Lillard because he's he's a unique kind of NBA player that not everyone in the country gets to watch on a regular basis. So enjoy it while you can. And hopefully you can enjoy it for the rest of his career, but who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years. So enjoy it while you can for now and then hope hope that he will stay like he has said he will do once his contract is up. All right, we are way over. Let's break. Jesse's got Sports Center, then hit it to love it next on Sports Sunday. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, rapid fire, hit it or love it time. I'm not going to waste time. You know the rules if you've listened before. I don't know. Give us 30 seconds instead of a minute, Jesse, and just let us do quick, quick, quick ones. You're all, your time's running out. My time's running out. Right. Ah! <laughs> ah! I agree. Hate, love, go. Uh, uh, you know what? We're, yeah, rapid fire. All right. So let's just get into this really quick. Uh, we'll go with the Blazers. Um, I, You know, we had those two late additions at the end of the season, Cantor, Rodney Hood. Um, both of them thought to be key additions. I know a lot of people like to trash on Cantor because he just a lot of meaningless stats, but he continues to pile up the meaningless stats while Rodney Hood continues to be incredibly average. Love or hate, Cantor is the more better important addition to this team over Hood. Uh, I love it because they really needed somebody in the backup center position to fill the stat line. I know the defense has not been very good, but Zach Collins' consistency was a big issue. Myers Leonard is good at shooting the three, but wasn't consistent enough defensively on the inside. What you needed from Cantor was you needed a guy who could go 10 and 5 every single game and give you something when Nurkic got into foul trouble. That's what you have. I'm taking the defensive issues. And I'm enjoying the stats. Being super liberal with the points, Jesse. But yeah, I uh, uh, I love that Cantor is way more important at this point. Um, here's a guy that in 18 minutes is able to come in the game, give you 10 points, about seven uh, rebounds in between there, a couple assists. Again, not very great on the defensive end, but that's why you have Nurkic. That's why you have um, Zach Collins and some of those other guys. The good thing about this Blazers team is now that you have uh, a guy like um, – uh, the, the, the canter. Now you have three different looks you can give. You can put somebody in there to stretch the floor. You can put somebody in there for defense. You can put somebody in there for scoring. Uh, if you really need double scoring, you can put Yusuf Nurkic and hit and him in the game. So uh, it's a good look for him. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen the best of Rodney Hood. His best days were in Utah. We, I don't think we're going to see that Utah Hood uh, probably ever. He did get the 21 points in the fourth quarter that one game. That I was think, a, yeah. Hit that one game that one time. Well, I, I think what you're going to get is another <laughs> option who was better than what you gave up for him, right? Yeah. You weren't playing Wade Baldwin. You weren't playing Nick Stauskas. Now you have a guy that you're playing consistently who can score, but he's not as good as Cantor. But yeah. I like I like the Cantor Zach Collins combo they've been throwing out there. Yeah, because Collins can play great defense, and he's just really inconsistent offensively. Cantor does all the offenses. There you go. So. No, I, I like that point of the, all the different unique looks you can give with those all those big guys that you have there. Um, this one I thought was really fun. I, I saw it on on Facebook. It was could this team beat this team? And it is the 2000-2001 Lakers that went fifteen and one in the playoffs. I had like Rick Fox, Jeff Fisher, you know, Horace Grant, uh, obviously Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal was your starting five on that one. Could they beat in a seven game series, the Golden State Warriors, love or hate? Yes, love, 100%. Especially this iteration of the Golden State Warriors who are weirdly mentally unstable this year. It's, it's like they're bipolar. They're up, they're down, they're all over the place. I don't understand. 
But the big key for me to this is Shaquille O'Neal. The Warriors have nobody, nobody who could even put a finger to stopping Shaq. So all the Lakers would do would just throw it inside every single time. Every single time. Oh, Shaq's in there. He's going to score 60 points a game against this Warriors team. And sure, the Warriors will hit threes against them, but it won't be enough because Shaq was that dominant. People forget how dominant Shaq was sometimes. Like, oh, Kobe was this great. Don't forget how great Shaq was on those teams. Man, love, and they demolished them. You know, that year, the Lakers beat a really good Blazers team uh, for nothing. Um, then they went on to beat a really good Sacramento team, which was the probably one of the best. That was uh, the bibs. One, yeah, the yeah. One, that, that was probably one of the best ever, but they f- beat them for, for nothing. And then they go on to beat San Antonio, the Spurs, the other people that kind of dominated the, the 2000s, beat them for nothing. The only people that gave them a, a bit of a, of a challenge was the most valuable player, the defensive player of the year, the sixth man of the year, the coach of the year, and they only beat them one time. So they would absolutely demolish the Golden State Warriors. Who guards Shaq? Who guards Kobe? Kobe with the fro. Number eight, Kobe. There's nobody on that team that can stay with him. He cooks Klay Thompson. There's nothing you'd be able to do. Derek Fisher playing defense on uh, Steph Curry is going to give him a tough time, especially young Derek Fisher. Rick Fox and Robert Ory's defense and three-point shooting. Get out of here, man. The Lakers beat them for nothing. All right. This is the we'll, – we'll throw one in there for the NFL because, you know, I have to have my football in there. Um, I, I had this one on a couple weeks ago. We never got to it. Uh, is actually during football season where the 2017 QB draft was supposed to be down. Three of those uh, quarterbacks made the Pro Bowl this year. So in their sophomore year, that was Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky. 2019 draft is supposed to be down as well with guys like Drew Locke, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, so on, so forth. Love or hate, this class will be more like Winston Mariota than Watson Mahomes. Um, and you and by that you mean the whole class of Winston Mariota, uh, the, like that, that quarterback class where you 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 had a couple guys they're they're starters but they're not necessarily okay, game changers you. franchise guys. Uh, There's a lot of question marks going into their fifth year. I'm gonna say love, but I might even say love, and it'll be worse than that Mariota Winston class as well. I'm really low on this year's quarterback class. I I think Murray could have that kind of Baker Mayfield. He's just a winner thing going on where even though he's undersized and even though he might not fit the prototypical quarterback that you would expect to see in the NFL, he might just be a winner and win no matter where he goes. I don't like Drew Locke. I don't like Dwayne Haskins. I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't like any of the other quarterbacks in this draft. I just frankly don't. I don't think they're that good. Drew Locke's biggest issue is his accuracy. That's the number one thing you need as a quarterback. Daniel Jones was horrific at the combine. Dwayne Haskins, I think, could be a a suitable starter in the NFL. I just don't think he's going to be top 15 pick worthy starter, even though some teams are sure going to take him at that point. So to me, the only one that could be good is Kyler Murray, and that's even a question to me. So, yeah, I'll love it, but I'm going to even expand my love to a greater love. I don't know. Super love. Super love. Yeah, I I love it. like I'm, I'm, I'm with Lynch. I don't really trust a lot of this, this draft class. Like we knew Dwayne Haskins was a good college quarterback. Was was so was Troy Smith. So we, uh, we think that um, Kyler Murray could be a great winner. But you know, nobody knew that Russell Wilson was going to be that guy until somebody had to get hurt in Seattle. You know, for him to be there. Remember, he was going to be the backup, and then somebody got hurt, and then Russell Wilson stepped into that starting role. I don't really know. Daniel Jones, like from Duke, and you know, and Will Greer, West Virginia, like a bunch of guys that I knew played, but didn't really. There was nothing special about them in college, so I, I'm trying to figure out why would they be 
uh, super coveted on the next level. So I don't know. Like, Winston and Mariota are still going to be starters in, in on this level. Like, what they do, I think both of them still have a bunch of question marks around them as far as coaches and offensive coordinators and some of those things that have really kind of hampered them through their career. But uh, I don't think this draft class is going to be anywhere even close to what Mariota and, and Winston are. Rapid fire means rapid points and a rapid win. The winner goes to Rashad Taylor today. Woo! I needed that one. Okay, so I guess uh, roll the credits and play the theme music. So Shortest segment of all time. Yeah, you know, that's 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 about it. So I guess we get into our segment now, or do we break? Or do We, we, we got a break. Okay, we got a break. We uh, got to play the commercials. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. And I did defend today. And looks like it's time to go now. So that's tight. I mean, thanks for, you know, going over. Lynch and Jesse. Remember when Jesse used to be in our... Jesse, so, you know, Jesse can talk to us through the, through the headphones and just tell us, hey, it's time to break. And, you know, usually Swag is really good about this, and I'm pretty sure, you know, Buck is, is great about doing all these things, but... Uh, but Jesse say, sucks at it. No, no, no. There was a time that we used to do it all the time, like right at the 11, 12-minute mark break, you know, but now it's just to a point where we all just get to ranting and talking, and it's like, uh, well... We go. We were like six minutes over. I blame over? it all on prime time. I learned it. I learned it from you. Well, I learned it from prime time. I did. Yeah. No, go. I did too. Bring I listen to prime time. Bring those bad habits over here, man. Whatever rubs off, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take I, it I all. think what's funny is it's the difference between sitting in the producer chair like I do on prime time and this chair for this show is you got to pay attention to the clock in the producer chair and you say break and whatever. But in here, the clock, it just, all the, you hear it and you're like, oh, okay, I'll break in a minute, right? I just, I'm, let me finish this point. And the next thing you know, it's five minutes later and you're like, what? What happened? A couple of good points, man. And then the conversation keeps going. You don't, that's the thing is, do you want to break the conversation and just be like, ah? Sometimes you do. You have to. I understand yeah. the reasons for it. Don't yell at me, boss, if you're listening. I love you. Yeah, no, I just, I, I did the, uh, the white flag. I give up. I give up. <laughs> like you guys are gonna do what you're gonna do. You can only just sit there and yell "break" in the in the microphone I so many times before Lynch. you feel like, "Oh man, I just like uh, it's not gonna work." I just follow Lynch. I don't think I have the stripes. Just be making my own rules and just going over it just willy nilly. Oregon UC Irvine coming up on the fan a little bit later today, six forty p.m. tip thereabouts. The game right now got close. Tennessee was up big. They're only up by five now, 61 to 56. Let's go anybody else but Rocky Top. Uh, Tennessee's 5 or 15 from this from the field this half. I just uh, just said Iowa is 9 of 17. So uh, that's the difference at this point, but Tennessee's still up five. We'll see who wins this game. And good luck on your brackets, everybody. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Or good and luck just watching the games. If you're not doing well in the brackets, then watch the games because it's NCAA tournament and it's great. And you still got plenty of time. And baseball season starts on Thursday. So if you're a baseball fan like me, rejoice. Opening day is Thursday. One of the greatest days in sports, in my opinion. Opening day of MLB season. Hooray. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. More great stuff to get to. Have a great weekend. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Power. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.